Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. You can run command line utilities. They run on the server, but Working Copy will upload files, run the command, look for changes, download changes. And it's, sort of, it's cheating, of course, but it makes it a lot easier. If you, you have some special command and there's no app for that, then you can still do stuff if you have a server. And in recent years, this server could even be something you sort of you bring along. It could be a Raspberry Pi connected through Bluetooth or through USB-C. You don't even need to be online. You could be in airplane mode talking through USB-C. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Anders Borum, the developer of Working Copy and Secure Shellfish. In this episode, we dive into Working Copy, which recently got a big update to version 4. Tune in to episode 70, the last episode, if you want to learn even more about Working Copy, as Scott and I discussed in depth how he uses Git and Working Copy. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Every review really does go a long way in helping others discover the show and is of great help. You can also financially support the show over at patreon.com slash iPadPros. Every dollar is of huge help and is greatly appreciated. If you already support the show there, thank you so much. And if you have in the past, thank you as well. You can send your feedback to iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. With that, here's my interview with Anders. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Anders. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm wondering, can you just first introduce yourself and your app, Working Copy? Yeah, sure. My name is Anders Borum. I'm a software developer from Copenhagen, Denmark, and I've been doing iOS, uh, iPhone, and iPad apps since 2009. My app, Working Copy, is a it's a Git client for iOS and iPadOS. Maybe some of your listeners know what Git is, and but I'm sure a lot of people don't know. And if I don't have to go into sort of deep details, it it is quite simple. If you met, you have a project and you're working on this with other people, then you probably have, have some sort of project folder, a directory where you have all the stuff you need for this work. Many people would probably put this on sort of a shared network drive or Dropbox or something like that. This works well. You can sort of the images and I can maybe write some documentation or whatever my part of the job is. And, and this works well until a point where maybe we have to work on the same files we need to coordinate. I cannot just make changes that ruin your changes. And, and Git is really just something that helps with this. It makes it easier to share a project directory to make changes and makes it clear who made what changes. And sometimes you make mistakes, makes it easy to go back in time, but not for everyone, just for sort of the stuff I made. And so, so that's what Git is. And it's very used for software development where many people are working on many files, but many people might also be working on the exact same files at the same time. And so, so this is what Git does. And a Git client really just makes this cooperation a little easier. Okay. Uh, yeah. In one of the last episodes, we actually did cover Git quite a bit. So there is some at least foundational knowledge for those that listen to that episode with Scott. Before we dive kind of any deeper in the working copy, I'm just curious how you use the iPad in your day-to-day life. I use it a lot for customer support. It's where I read and write most of my emails. I use it for research. Some people like to use one device exclusively. They use their iPad for everything or their Mac for everything. And and I'm sort of the opposite. I really like to have different devices for different uh, sort of mindsets. So when I'm researching a new feature for Working Copy, I would read 
documentation on the APIs, see what other people are doing. I would do that on the iPad, collect my thoughts, um, sort of structure how to solve this. I think my most important app on the iPad is it's OmniFocus, or the most important third-party app at least. And the programming itself, I need Xcode for that, and that's only available on the Mac. I really like that. I'm doing the planning on one computer on, on my iPad and then doing the implementation on another one. It makes it easier to focus on each thing and not go back and forth too much. Yeah. And where did the idea for working copy come from? Was it an app that you personally had a need for? Yes, it was. And so it goes back to WWDC keynote for it was 2014. They announced Swift. The crowd went crazy. But I, I was excited about uh, iOS 8 and these app extensions that previously apps were sort of, it was small silos. You had to do all the work inside one app. It was difficult to share files. You had to send them back and forth. And But this changed with iOS 8. And I just immediately saw lots of possibilities and, and stuff I wished existed. So my first sort of, I really wanted to do a file transfer app that took advantage of this. But I imagine so. Uh, transcript for iOS, it was available at the time, and I thought, they're going to jump on this, and they sort of did. And then Git was my second thought, and there there wasn't really anything. And, and I could do just the Git client. So if I had to do this for iOS uh, 7, it had to be a Git client, and it had to be an IDE, and it had to be all sorts of stuff. But with iOS 8, it could just be the Git client. Like Git clients on Mac and Windows, they don't include all sorts of stuff. They just sort of handle the files, handle the Git-related stuff, and then you do editing and you do that elsewhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I had bad, bad timing, I would say. I had expected editing apps to immediately support these new APIs. When So I always say it, it was announced in June and released in, I guess, September. And there was just, my app was sort of ready. It It was just this core Git. It couldn't edit files. It couldn't, I think maybe it could show sort of files in a read-only mode. But it, it was like having a like having a, a telephone with no one to call. You really couldn't use the app. And I couldn't launch it because I had expected quick adoption of these APIs. And it, it was a little slower. Uh, so yeah. I delayed my launch and uh, I made just a sort of a basic editor. So you, you could at least change files. Then you could commit them and push them. You could sort of have a workflow. It was a surprise to me because I was so impressed by these app extensions uh, and it seemed like other developers and sort of the other parts of, of the iOS development community, they were more focused on other stuff. Gotcha, yeah. Now, out of curiosity, how do most Mac users, you'd say, interact with Git? Is that built in the Xcode or you mentioned there's like Windows and Mac clients for Git? Or is there, are there really popular ones out there that developers end up using on that platform? I think most developers have a mix of Git clients they use on Mac. I think the most popular one is still the command line uh, Git client. It's pre-installed. It's there on as soon as you have any kind of developer tools on your Mac, then you probably have Git as well on the command line. And another popular one is uh, Tower. That's sort of a, a graphical Git client, sort of like what Working Copy is on, on iOS. But of course, it has been there for many years now. I can't remember when it, it first launched. but uh, it, And it is built into Xcode, but I think... Most developers on uh, on Mac are not using Xcode. They're using, so they may be doing web development or uh, 
so other stuff. So I, I don't think Xcode, it, it does include Git, but I don't think it's one of the popular solutions just because Xcode, even though every app developer uses it, then there are just so many developers that are not app developers. So, but it's visualstudio.code. That's a popular IDE from Microsoft that includes uh, Git features. Gotcha. Yep. And then something I noticed is in working copy, there's a web dev feature to make kind of your iOS device a server kind of for, for Git. Is that then mostly used for when you're on your iPad and working in third-party apps as a way to interact with working copy in a more always-on kind of manner than the uh, share extensions? Yes, you you can say that the, the web DAO feature is, it was made for uh, Coda by Panic. This web IDE, for some reason, they haven't adopted the app extensions to directly read and write from a shared file system. So this has been available since iOS 8, but Coda is sort of more, they want to do everything inside the app. That was the only way to do stuff before iOS 8, but they haven't adopted these new APIs. And you could send files back and forth through the share sheet. That's, of course, tedious. But Coda supports talking to web browser servers. And so that is really why Working Copy has such a server to make it a little easier to have Git support in Coda. Okay. And Working Copy came out with iOS 8. How it's, we're now at iOS 13, iPad OS 13, whatever you want to call it at this point. How has the app evolved through the years? What kind of major advancements have you made since uh, originally releasing it? So originally, I wanted the app to just be a Git client and to work well with other apps. But many of the other apps, there wasn't anything available at the time. So I've been doing a lot of work to sort of allow people to get work done, even though uh, stuff is still missing, even though they might... So Xcode is not available. That's sort of an example there. Uh, the compilers and preprocessors and linkers and, and stuff people are using in software web development, it cannot run on iOS. So uh, I've done a lot of work to make it possible to use a server where these tools are, tools are available in such a way that it feels almost like it's on device. You can run command line utilities. They run on the server, but Working Copy will upload files, run the command, look for changes, download changes. And it's, sort of, it's cheating, of course, but it makes it a lot easier. If you, you have some special command and there's no app for that, then you can still do stuff if you have a server. And in recent years, this server could even be something you sort of you bring along. It could be a Raspberry Pi connected through Bluetooth or through USB-C. You don't even need to be online. You could be in airplane mode, talking through USB-C to your very, very small little Raspberry Pi server. That's really cool. Yeah. The, the goal has been to make the entire Git experience available on iOS. And it's five years old and the app, and I'm not there yet. There's still sort of stuff I wish it could do. Recent years, it has been more about, uh, instead of just porting a feature from what you would expect on a desktop computer. It has been more about how can I take advantage of the touchscreen and this certain way that we make things for iPad, that we make things for iPhone. The, the screens are smaller and there are limitations, but in other ways, it can be a lot better. And it's easier to animate. It's easier to do stuff interactively with how you move your fingers. So that's, in, in recent years, I've been really trying to sort of not just put get on a touchscreen, but figure out if 
there are some things that could be better on a touchscreen that you need to do in Git. And something that wasn't, I don't think Workflow was out back in five years ago. Since the shortcuts is now on all that, there is integration there with Working Copy. How, do, how does Working Copy integrate with shortcuts and what kind of automations are you seeing people make? I still support sort of the old uh, X callback URL schemes. And that I try to, so I, I think the Workflow app launched around the same time as Working Copy. So it wasn't ready for uh, the iOS 8 release, but maybe a few months later it appeared. I think it was clear that this could be very powerful. And, and the only way for apps to sort of do this kind of automation was through these uh, URL schemes. So I jumped right in and the app, so every core feature is really available as uh, through an URL scheme. But with iOS 13 and sort of the ability to run commands that are not, so the URL schemes, of course, they, they launch the app and they there's this back and forth. Uh, even though it's automatic, it's, it's not fast, at least. It's hard to compose these these URLs. I was really, really happy to see that I would be able to sort of put these custom actions for working copy inside shortcuts. And I had an update, I think, yesterday. And now there should no longer be any commands that you can do through X callback URL that aren't possible as well through sort of the, the new custom actions. So you can do stuff like read and write files and commit and push and pull and read the history of a repository. And you can really do everything you can do in the UI, but you can really do a lot. So I see the shortcuts app as and shortcuts as shell scripts for iOS. It's easier to make a shortcut than to make a shell script, but but still it's not for everyone. But my users are sort of, they're not typical. They're often software developers and they're okay with things being technical. And I really want a rich set of commands for the shortcut. Some of the coolest ways people have used this is if they can do something if they can make a shortcut with with git support that where my app doesn't even launch and you don't even have to know that git is involved that then i think that is sort of that shows the power of the new shortcuts app and how things can just sort of happen and it's fast and yeah and you mentioned kind of at the top of the episode that git is also used for images and not just text not just code are people using shortcuts to, say, upload a screenshot of whatever iteration they're on for their website or application they're working on? They could definitely do that. Uh, I think uh, many of the many of the shortcuts I've seen used, they want to publish something, they want to make a new post for their blog, and so they can use shortcuts to put images and the post, of course, that sort of the, put it into working copy, commit it, push it to a server, and then the servers, and, and that's sort of a... That's just a part of Git that a Git remote can, it can do stuff when there are changes. This has nothing to do with working copy as such, but, but, but people take advantage of this. They can publish the website when new things are, are pushed to Git. So they can, yeah, the, the, one example is they, they have a shortcut to start a new blog post with a new image. It helps them to often, if, if it's markdown and, and you need, you need some kind of header before the stuff you're writing to so say the date and the title. And that's a little tedious, but a shortcut can make this, it can sort of fill out the details. Then you write it in, in some text editing app, iWriter or Textastic or something like that. And then when you're ready, you run another shortcut that really publishes this change, but it does it by committing and pushing and stuff happens on a server, but they just run a shortcut and everything happens automatically. Very cool. So 
a couple months ago, or is it more recent? Working copy four, I think that's more recent. So a couple months ago, you rolled out these kind of shortcuts integrations, and now all of them are in there uh, the, that were X callback URLs. But more recently, Working Copy 4 rolled out. And kind of what are the big improvements there? What kind of design goals did you have in making this big uh, point upgrade in, in the app? I had a couple of things. So it was made for iOS 8, and I did adopt uh, new APIs, but on many screens, I didn't really rethink the UI over the years. So that's part of what I needed to do. Some of it is just sort of a, a visual refresh, but I had questions from new users that they had trouble figuring out how to do classic stuff that you need to do all the time in Git, like push and pull changes. And it was right there if you knew how to access it. But <laughs> of course, it's it's nice if you don't need to be told, if it's just clear from looking at the screen. That was an iPhone issue, but it was a little hard to use the app one-handed. Too much was at the top of the screen where it's hard to reach. So It was designed back when the iPhone SE was the standard size. <laughs> yes, exactly. I had this sort of full redesign planned and I have some gorgeous uh, designs in uh, in Sketch that I haven't had time to implement yet. I did the most important screens, but then it was just such an improvement that oh, I, can't, I can't sit on this for months. It is a redesign, but in the coming months, some of the lesser used screens will be redesigned as well. If I was more patient and I would have waited and, and made sort of a full redesign of the app, but it, it's just, uh, yeah... I couldn't do it. And in what ways does the app kind of differentiate on iPad versus the phone? You mentioned uh, the design had a lot of goals to make sure the phone was more usable. What about the iPad? On the iPad, I try to put these very common operations. I put buttons to push and pull. I just put them at the top of the screen where there is room for that on the iPad. And so, and there isn't on the iPhone, but and the iPhone just does it. It, it has this little little floating button that that you need to to tap to get to the same features i made sure that they can reach this from uh, one-handed it's small things often but it makes a huge difference especially to the new users that it is somewhat complicated they open the app and it would be nice if if it was, it was just clear what to do yeah now uh drag and drop and multi-window support is a big part of ipad os is that in working copy uh today yeah uh, so i'm trying to remember Maybe drag and drop between apps was added for, was this iOS 11? I think so. But since the Git is all about files and directories, I really, from the moment we got APIs for handling drag and drop between apps, I put in extensive support. So you can sort of, you can drag files from other apps into working copy, sort of to import the files. You can go the the other way, of course, and, and maybe you need to drag a file into an email and send to someone. So... So this becomes extremely easy with drag and drop. So it keeps track of the history of the project. So you can go back in time and maybe see how these files, how was it last month or how was it just before the change that made all the customers angry. So you can go back and look at the history and you can drag out these old files and then use them for something. So so I think this is one of the examples where things are nicer on the iPad when working with Git compared to a regular Git experience where there you have to sort of tell the repository, oh, I want to go back to that point in time and then I can access the files and I have to jump to the present when I'm done where it's more you just dive in and the files are listed and you drag them to where you want them. So, And of course, with multi-window support, it makes sense. So 
all the stuff you can drag. If I can show this in the app, it makes sense to allow this to become a new window. So if you tap a file, you open that file. But if you drag it to another window, you open that file in another window. And it, it does that with everything you can drag, really. I'm sure I have some ways to open windows that I'm probably the only one using. If You can sort of switch between editing and, and previewing files, and especially use it for something like Markdown or ASCII doc, where it, it is text and you can edit it as text and it does make sense. But sometimes you want to see the preview, you want to see the images and the, the proper fonts. The controller, you can drag from the selection of mode, you can drag the preview mode into a new window and it, then you'll have a preview and a regular editing view side by side. And that's of course useful if you, you want to see the changes as they happen. Now, something I was just thinking of is the previewing. Have you considered or is it already in there? external display support that would be say optimized for the external display to to show what you're working on yeah uh, i have and i did have support for that on ios 12 and and earlier where if you had sort of if you were editing a file and you connected an external display it would show the preview on the external display and you, you could control scrolling if, it, if it's larger than the screen you can't of course if it's an external monitor you you, you can touch it but nothing happens so right. <laughs> you need some way to control scrolling from the internal display so i had support for this with the multi-window support in ipad os the way to handle external displays that changed a lot it's on my list and it's it's been <laughs> nagging me but i haven't been able to to bring that to ios 13 as well that's actually better if you run the app on iOS 12. Then you will have this sort of uh, nice uh, external display support. But I just uh, haven't had time to to bring this to the new APIs. Yeah, I believe Ken Case during the summer uh, with the Omni Group was mentioning some frustrations with external display support because of the multi-window and how it does yeah. behave so differently. Yeah, and when Apple explained it, it sounded like it would be much easier to support. There aren't any clear examples on how to do it. All the code examples are from the old way. So I've just been... So it, it, it's, of course, extremely frustrating to try to implement something where you're not exactly sure how it's supposed to work. I've just been delaying it, but now I feel even more guilty. I do get support requests about this uh, regularly because nobody likes, you have some feature, you rely on it, and then it goes away. Right, yeah. Now, you were mentioning files being, and files obviously are a big part of Git. Something that is an iPad OS and the iPhone is external file providers and working copies one of those yes so how is that feature like how are people using that feature what what is it and what does it do it provides all the git directories that you're attached to at the time or so the way git works and this is a difference from sort of alternatives to git git has a local copy of everything when you say i want to clone this project you clone a repository and all the files and the entire history of every file is available. And this is what I show in the file app. I think it's my most important extension inside the app. And maybe it is the most important part of the app because it allows editors such as Textastic and iWriter and even Swift Playgrounds to read and write files inside your repositories. So there's no copying back and forth. It's just they open the file, make changes, and these changes appear inside the repository and the next time you sort of if you go back to working copy it sees the files change and you'll be able to commit and push and all this so that's i think an important part of the app and it's gotten much better in in recent years but the beginnings of this api it goes all the way back to ios 8 and it was a major reason that i decided to make the app yeah and is there anything else about working copy that we haven't covered yet that you'd like to before we wrap it up i think it, it's it's 
a specialized app, it makes sense if you use Git. But then, really, you should try it. So some people shake their heads at the idea of why would they need Git on their iPad when they have it on their computer and this is where they are doing programming. But they should get it anyway. It's it's a free app. You don't pay until you, you need to push back changes. And maybe you don't need to push back changes, but having your projects available on your iPad, it's it's just nice to have your work in this context as well. So for for looking up changes, for searching through the project, it's just nice to be able to do these things on iOS as well. Yeah, I imagine just like having it on your phone even seeing changes being pushed to it that aren't you and you're able to just kind of check, hey, what's going on with my project? That's got to be really handy. Yeah. So... Where can people find more information about working copy? And uh, the documentation is really good if you download the the app, which is free, and you can kind of look through kind of how everything works kind of in detail there. So I think the best way to, if you just go to workingcopy.app and without any hyphens, so it just has a very short video showing how the app can get your projects onto the iPad, how other apps can read the files change the files and that's linked to the same sort of documentation it's it's on the website as well which should give users sort of an idea that it isn't a superficial git experience they can do a lot so the, the app isn't i don't think i'm 100 there yet there's some stuff i would like to do but can definitely work with git through this app and if you use git in your sort of private projects or at work you should just try it out excellent And thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate you chatting with me about Working Copy. It's an app that I know a lot of people in my audience use, and I'm sure they're interested in learning more about it here. Okay. Yep. Thank you for having me. Well, that was my interview with Anders. Thanks again to Anders for his time recording this episode, and my thanks to you for your time tuning in and listening. As mentioned at the top of this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review. Every review really does go a long way in helping others discover the show. You can also financially support the show over at patreon.com slash iPadPros. Thank you if you're currently a Patreon supporter. And again, if you have in the past, thank you as well. Your support there is greatly, greatly appreciated. With that, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon.